Hello, this is Pete and welcome to EdTech Innovators. If ever there was a time to innovate, it's now. And this week we're going to concentrate on video observation tools. Enjoy! And before we start the podcast, we just need to know that everything is working okay. Oh, it is. So let's uh, test this and see if it works. Um, no problem. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Right, I'm here with Nahad Chelic, and he's going to be talking to us today about VO. He knows everything about VO, and it has so many um, positive benefits potentially for what we're experiencing at the moment. So, uh, hi, Nihad. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. Yes, how, how are you? It's nice to catch up again because I thought we had a really productive conversation last time we spoke. Yeah, no, same here. Um, yeah, it was really, really interesting chats uh, that we had not too long ago. And yeah, great to catch up with you again. Yeah, meeting of minds, I would say. <laughs> so now, now our minds have met. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what you've been, what you've been doing today, for example, um, and where you think you'll be working, uh, what you'll be doing over the next few weeks. So I think uh, the reality is I'll probably be self-isolating for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we've been working from home since last week. I know the schools are still open at the moment. And my wife's a teacher, so she's still kind of in school at, at the moment. But um, I'm expecting that I'll be kind of working from home over the next couple of weeks and having lots of webinars with schools and uh, customers from around the world uh, once the kind of um, real buzz of coronavirus in the early stages kind of dies down and it becomes more about kind of staying at home and staying safe rather than what's going to happen with all the uncertainty that's, that's around at the moment. Yeah, we could do without the, the uncertainty and the, and the uh, fear and the misinformation, of course. But um, yeah, at some point, we'd like to think that certain things will, will level out and we may get used, have to get used to that self-isolation for a matter of weeks, maybe even a, a little longer. Do you think that you're in danger of your business really suffering? And also, can you see any opportunities in terms of how you might do things differently and how this the ways of working and opportunities might open up to you that may maybe wouldn't have presented themselves otherwise yeah well i think definitely a bit of both so last week we had some meetings with some um potential clients who we've been speaking to for some time and there were two sets of meetings that have been organized for some time with lots of kind of key stakeholders involved um, and both of them got cancelled last week because of coronavirus and those key people had to be kept away either for briefing meetings to plan what was going what they were going to ha have to do in light of coronavirus, which has kind of pushed that process back uh, in some respects. But then on the other hand, we had um, a client contact us uh, earlier this week who we'd been speaking with some time ago, um, and they train, um, they train school leaders and school teachers all over the world. Um, and we'd given them a demo kind of many months ago and they kind of contacted us a bit out of the blue and were quite keen to kind of push through things quite quickly um, just because of the fact that uh, with coronavirus closing lots of schools down, lots of schools are now looking for ed tech solutions to enable business to keep going on as usual um, in these kind of unprecedented times. Yeah, so th this sounds like a loaded question, but um, I'm sure it, it would be as loaded if you were asking it too. <laughs> 
do you sense that educational institutions were not prepared in the slightest um, for the eventuality that at some point they might want to really make their online learning meaningful? Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I, to be honest, I think all organisations um, probably haven't been as prepared as they possibly could have been for something like, like this at this scale. Um, it, it, it's completely unprecedented what's happening right now. And I've seen some really good practice actually with a lot of um, schools, particularly some of the international schools that we work with who have some really robust systems in place. Um, there are certainly some schools which maybe have uh, avoided EdTech for some time, um, who are now kind of looking and, and trying to find out what solutions are out there at, at a more rapid pace to uh, ensure that they have the systems and processes in place to effectively um, continue kind of having lessons with, with students, even if they're self-isolating at home and, and allowing teachers to continue their day-to-day -day business of, of, of marking and, and giving feedback and providing kind of um, teaching essentially. To, to these students, even though they're, they're not in the classroom. So I have seen lots and lots of kind of messages all over my social media, because I'm obviously uh, uh, connected with lots of teachers and also with lots of ed tech companies of people asking for the best solutions that they can use right now um, for uh, delivering lessons to, in the cloud or um, the best way that they can have video conversations with um, students and I'm seeing lots of these coming through, but it's not just from schools, it's also from the world of business as well. I think this, 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 um, this pandemic has just rocked our whole society and yeah. it's making all of us actually look at what we're doing and, what, and how our society operates and actually what, what kind of things we should have in place should something like this happen again um, to, to kind of make us more robust and, uh, and able to adapt as quickly as possible. Um, but then again, on the other hand, you can reflect and say, you know, what if this had happened 30 years ago? At least now we're in a situation where we have Wi-Fi in, in our homes. We, you know, a lot of us are able to conference call and use those kinds of facilities. Um, and there are a lot of education technology, technology companies out there as well who um, are really kind of rushing to the forefront to support schools uh, amidst this crisis. Yeah, and I mean, in some ways, it might be seen as a feeding frenzy. Um, so the private sector is, is feeding on the public sector in, in some ways. And um, that, that's natural, I suppose. It's the natural order of things because they do have something genuine to offer. Um, I think one, one of the little mind games I'm playing with myself at the moment to make myself less anxious is to try to think about the positive change that may actually resound after coronavirus is uh, dissipated, after, after we've, we've got through it, after we've got over it. Any ideas of, of I mean, I'll, I'll start you off with a couple that are in my mind. I mean, one of them is that I just think about the more that the students become isolated. So at universities, they're, they're being sent away at the moment. And we would, we would be, it's quite, we should predict that at some point schools will be sent home. They certainly will be at Easter, of course. But they're really anxious, of course they are. And for so many reasons. I wonder what kind of support is in place for them when the teachers aren't there. Um, and also, in terms of pedagogy, I just wonder, are, is any attention, is any energy being placed into making the learning experience actually engaging and immersive and fun and meaningful? 
and also what kind of feedback are they getting from students? What kind of feedback you know, can you get from students when you're not actually seeing them face to face? And, and how, how could that actually help the way that we teach in the future? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, in terms of making the lessons more kind of, or, or the teaching more kind of meaningful through, through EdTech, um, uh, I, I think that's something which um, it's not really our, our area of expertise, but I know that there are lots of um, there are lots of education technology companies out there which which do have facilities that allow teachers to kind of um, almost deliver lessons uh, kind of online or remotely. One of the ways in which we found some of our um, our customers uh, making use of VO amidst this crisis is in terms of feedback and assessment. Um, of kind of observational activity. So typically, um, I'm just taking your your university as an example, obviously with the closures and so on and so forth. If there are um, assessments that still needed to be carried out um, of kind of uh, student observations. Now, I've just realized it's a really bad example because obviously the, you're, you're in teacher training, so your students will be going okay. to schools and, and so on and so forth. But um, where where you've got kind of uh, assessments that still need to be carried out or um, observational activities that still need to continue as per usual and then have a have a mechanism for kind of um, assessing that those videos and providing good quality feedback then uh, then we found that there are some schools uh, using our system at the moment uh, amidst this crisis to kind of keep that continuation of learning happening um, through through using VO. Yeah, so the how in terms of feedback as well, I, I've been noticing this as well. I've sort of been thinking about this that coronavirus could perversely um, change the way that we teach for the, for the better and change the way that we feed back for the better. So the more that we're looking at online learning and we're looking at things like voice and podcasting and video feedback and audio feedback and so on, the more that that would could sorry uh, create a more inclusive way of feeding back to students you know the, the more that we do feedback with with video and audio and surely that has to be an improvement yeah well i, I hope so and I, I think you can already see that change starting to happen anyway um amongst uh, kind of within education you know there's a lot of schools now they don't have marking policies anymore they have feedback policies um and there's, there's kind of more of a shift towards um you know, verbal feedback in, in in the classroom, but that hasn't really translated yet towards using tools like VO um, to give kind of video feedback. It's more kind of whole class feedback within within a lesson. So there is a bit of a jump there, and I guess what you're saying is is right. You know, sometimes a crisis like this can make us all kind of crawl back into our shells for a moment and then take take some time to self reflect and yeah. see actually what, what's out there on the horizon, what can we do longer term. And I think it's a, it's a horrible thing to happen and it's causing incredible disruption, but at the same time it's creating that opportunity for um, philosophizing about some longer term goals, which a lot of senior leaders just wouldn't have the time or the energy that they might have over the next couple of months to really, really think and introspect and discuss and collaborate within their senior leadership teams about what they actually can do to um, ensure better processes using technology in the future. 
Yeah, well, I mean, leading on from that, this is partly a personal question, but it is relevant. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think, let's say that you, you will need to self-isolate for a couple of weeks. Let's say that most of your meetings are cancelled over the next few weeks as well, maybe even a little bit longer. What, what are you going to leave behind? So, for example, if, if I'm working very differently from now on and, um, we, and I have to realise what's, what's actually pressing, what's urgent, what's, what's 100% necessary and what isn't. So there's certain things that I can leave behind. So, for example, checking emails all the time is really, really time consuming. That, that's not exactly a new idea, of course, but, uh, but still checking emails all the time is, is something that um, takes up a great deal of your time to them and of course that can lead, lead you down a wormhole of things that you don't really need to uh, need to explore um but is there anything that springs to mind from your end of things that you think that hang on maybe i should uh, do less of this now things are uh, a little bit more pressing uh oh right okay um you know what i think so my role involves lots and lots of face-to-face -face meetings i really really enjoy that um, uh, you know, getting out and meeting people and, and talking with people and, and, and finding out what, what, what we can do to help. Um, so I think that there's obviously going to be a lot less of that because of uh, coronavirus and hopefully there'll be a lot more kind of web calls um, uh, and kind of time to facilitate kind of uh, uh, conversations with customers and, and, and interesting kind of people through, through technology. Now, I, th I think there's not so much what I'll leave behind, but I think what I'll probably do more of um, with being self self isolating is I'll probably have a lot more time to do kind of long term planning, mm. um, looking at things that we're doing in the future, doing the kind of um, the, the jobs which I would normally wouldn't have time to do because I would be in meetings all the time, traveling all over the country or, or to different countries. Um, so actually just having that time to, to maybe do a little bit less of that is kind of opening up an opportunity to to kind of spend more time planning and, and looking forward and, and finding ways that we can um, improve the way that we do things. Mm, so time to reflect and, and time to, for real yeah. strategy. And hopefully, and hopefully more podcast peaks. I'll just be so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, what you said about meeting face to face too, Last time we spoke, you, you said ne next time you're in Newcastle, you must uh, come up and we, we can meet. And I thought, yes, that's a great idea. I was in Newcastle a few weeks ago. It's a lovely city. And I thought, but wouldn't that be great? Because you always, so, something productive and meaningful always comes from a face-to-face -face meeting, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, I hope so. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you get a lot out of that, that, that kind of interaction when, when you're meeting face-to-face. -face. But you know, I, I also think, you know, web calls are great and you can get a lot from um, having having that kind of technology in place and, and uh, a lot of the, the kind of interaction that you get through uh, meeting face to face, you can kind of uh, have a similar kind of experience through a web call, but um, mm. it's just not it's just not as 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 easy sometimes to have lots and lots of web calls all the time because whereas you could quite easily go out and meet people all day long and 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 you know have the energy to do so but it's just a kind of different process with um with a web call which i think you just gotta have to or which i'm just gonna have to adapt to over the next couple of weeks and i think yes. we all are i know i know and it's well we're, we're social beings of course and and i think that um despite the fact that we are social beings going up to newcastle so where i live in liverpool it's about three and a half hours on the train and yes. you don't really get a great deal of work done on the train do you with the best will in the world it's not the most efficient way of working 
yeah i don't i think some people can uh, i'm just not one of those people mm. um not when i'm on the train for some reason i just uh, yeah i think there's too much going on for me but um i, I have seen some people who can do it effectively and i'm, I'm eminently jealous of those people um <laughs> Well, they look as though they are, but maybe they're just answering emails really, really quickly. <laughs> Who knows? Great. Um, so th- these these are, are very stressing and, and uncertain times, and we, we all feel extremely strange. And by the time that some people listen to the, this podcast, things will have uh, changed. Uh, they're changing so quickly, aren't they? But hopefully it will be for the better And by the time that many people listen to this. But um, I really appreciate you taking the time to to be on the podcast and uh, I wish you the best of luck over the next few weeks in your self-isolation. I mean, it really just makes you realise what's important, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, same to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. I shall uh, stop recording this uh, now and then we'll have a very quick chat um, afterwards. Thanks again, Ihad. Thank you very much. Now it's time for me to be walked around Rio, which I have to say was really enjoyable. I did get to ask a few difficult questions, but that's all part of it. Hope you enjoy it. Great. So thanks, Nihad. And uh, now we're coming to the uh, very interesting part of our interview, and that's a demo of Rio. So fire away. Uh, great. So um, uh, obviously you know you know what Vio is, Pete, but I'll just explain very briefly, kind of. What, who we are and, and what we what we do, um, just just for your listeners. So, um, VO stands for Video Enhanced Observation, and uh, it's a platform which allows you to upload videos um, into it from any device, and then tag those videos with key things that you want to focus on. Um, and you, by tagging those videos, it's an assessment process and a learning process in and of itself. But it also provides bookmarks for light bulb learning moments so that you can skip to specific moments in time uh, on that video when you're reviewing it to, to save you time. Um, and it also creates lots of data as well and, um, and graphs that you can look at to analyze um, your video observations. So um, it, it, it's used typically uh, along instead of or alongside lesson observations in schools kind of all around the world um it's a uh, it's a spin-off from newcastle university so it was created kind of seven years ago by two um educational academics from newcastle university one of them was an educational consultant named paul um, and he worked across west africa in rural schools delivering teach training and he wanted to make that that uh, teaching more consistent in across rural geographies and the other founder John is still a director at the initial training teach training department at Newcastle University and he wanted something that would allow better feedback um, and allow for um, his PGCE students to kind of see themselves and, and how they were interacting within the classroom so when they started speaking with each other about their ideas, they came up with VO and it, and it became a research project called VO Europa. And it was trialed in many different countries around Europe with lots of research. Um, and then since then, we're now working in over 30 countries around the world um, with lots and lots of schools, ironically, in the US. Um, so we do a lot of work with the National Institute of School Leadership in the US uh, to help them with the support they give to 15,000 school leaders over there. Um, in the UK, we don't actually do abs- uh, we, we don't actually do a lot, ironically, at the moment. But we are doing a lot internationally, um, and 
also in um, we do a lot of work with universities and and companies as well to help them with leadership development programs mm. so um, just to give you a re really quick um, run through uh, you, you can see my screen all right I can uh, I can see it very well perfect so um, as you can see I've got three sections I've got my videos which is where all the videos that I've uploaded uh, a place I've got videos shared with me which are videos which have been shared with me by other um, colleagues within my organization and then I've got course videos so this would typically be some videos that have, the organization has put onto the system that have been pre-tagged which can be used when you've got new starters so if you've got an NQT coming into um, into the school and they want to see for instance what good behavior management looked like it might be a lesson in the portal which has been uh, of, of a really good teacher in the school delivering really good practice that's all been tagged and commented up that they can just watch and skip to without actually having to need to to go in and observe those those teachers firsthand um, so the first step really when using Bio is to upload videos into the portal so there's just a little button here which I can click on and then just choose a file it's a bit like choosing a Facebook um, picture to upload into your Facebook accounts really simple you just select any video file uh, once you select that file you just click upload and it would go into this my video section here um, we also have an, an ipad app and we have um, an android app as well which will allow you to film videos through those apps and then they'll automatically go into the portal so you can skip that step but we want this to be as flexible as possible for teachers so if you want to film with a DSLR camera at the back of the lesson you can do that so if you want to use your own phone you can do it so if you want to use a tablet or any other device um, you should be able to upload the video into video so um, okay. does that all make sense so far? Could, could I stop you there but that's, that I've got uh, a few things running through my head as we all have at the moment so, so one of them is if I was going to if, if, there is a danger that that schools aren't, want to let, aren't going to want to let outsiders, visitors come into their schools. Yeah. If that is the case. Could I observe my trainee teachers remotely? Could I get their mentors to film them and then access the, the observation alongside them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you could, um, you could absolutely do that. You could have their mentors film, um, film them using any device. And then upload it to VO and then just click a button and share it with you at the university. Um, and then you'd be able to review that video and add tags and comments. Yeah. Or you could have the mentor even upload the video, add their own tags and comments through the portal and then send it to you. So um, step, or you step one is, sorry to interrupt. So um, I'm going to be um, a, a Mr. End User now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the first step would be if, if the mentor was going to observe the trainee, would they just download the VO app to their phones? Is that step one? Yes, yeah, so they could download the VO app to their phones and um, record the trainee in the classroom uh, through the VO app. At the end of the video, um, at the end of the lesson, they could just click a button and it would upload automatically to, to the portal. Once they'd recorded it, so in terms of GDPR, whoever uploads a video, um, it belongs to, to that person, that organization. So once they've uploaded that video into VO, it's their video that they would that would, they would have ownership of and it would be private and secure. They could then click a button which would allow them to share that video. And as long as they'd pre-added you into the system as obviously a university lecturer, as someone that they can share videos with, because there's a legitimate interest there, 
um, they could click that button and share that video with you and then that would give you the rights to view that video to comment on it to, to add tags um, and to really interact between the mentor and you could have that discussion completely securely through VO with just nice. the two of you seeing that seeing that video or they could even create a custom group if if you knew in advance if there was maybe a couple of lecturers that are working with that trainee teacher and they could click a button and share it with all of those lecturers at once hmm. so you find you're finding that um that just to get around the gdpr issue that instead of the teacher filming the lesson on their own phone that they're using the school's ipad for example um so i mean in terms of gdpr i think it's not too so much of an issue i think they can film the lesson on whatever they want to film it on um the the issue is not how the information is collected it's, it's what's done with it and and how it's shared so the good thing about Veo is with it being a secure cloud-based platform we know that the the data is safe within there and we have systems in place to to ensure that it can't just be shared uh, anywhere good obviously so they look at the sorry to interrupt so the school would would look at your own gdpr policy and that would reassure them yeah, so I mean, we have our own GDPR policy, and sometimes schools ask uh, ask to look at that, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, in terms of what the schools do with the data, it very much just falls in line with what they um, what they would normally do with 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 this kind of data. So it's the same as I guess if they were to get the school photograph taken, um, they would need to have consent in place typically, um, and they would have. Uh, some wording within their school policy around those images um, and, and what would be done with them and it's the same with it's the same with um, with our systems some schools would prefer to just use the app and, and record everything um, and then other schools are more flexible with it you know you have some schools that have uh, teachers going into lessons taking photos of the students and putting them on Twitter for the school Twitter feed, particularly in independent schools, that can be quite common because they obviously have to keep keep their um, uh, keep keep their social media uh, posts quite quite relevant. So um, it really really depends on the school, um, and we just work alongside our uh, our schools that we work with to ensure that that um, they're using us uh, in the best way that they can alongside their their existing policies. Yeah, it's good that you got no one <coughs> that you don't have a, a one size fits all approach um, to to this. Yeah, it's kind of a bit more like it's a bit more like YouTube rather than a, a film studio. So mm. we just want it to be as open and accessible as possible, um, and because we we think that one of the barriers for teachers in terms of actually filming themselves is kind of worrying about like how am I going to do this? What 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 am I going to use to do it? What uh, what about kind of um, child protection, GDPR, how's all this going to work? And, you know, we find that actually all those are quite small, small concerns in, in, in the grand scheme of things. And if, you, um, if you're using kind of VO sensibly and in line with your policies and procedures, there's absolutely no reason why you can't kind of use this really effectively and, and, and make the most of um, this, this fantastic tool really to, to improve your own practice and the practice of teachers across your school. We've got um, one school in um, Newcastle actually that have completely gotten rid of lesson observations. So they just, um, yeah. So they used to have um, learning walks all the time with the senior leadership team. And instead what they do now is they get their teachers to submit 
their best lesson to the head teacher or the deputy head teacher through VO with tags and comments, et cetera, on it. And what that shows then is it gives the senior leadership team a really accurate idea of what that teacher's perception is of a really good lesson. Hmm. And it's a much fairer way of assessing teachers because sometimes, as you know, when you're going in and you're giving a lesson observation, you know, the second someone senior comes into the room and it's quite a didactic process, they come into the room and the whole atmosphere will change. The, the, the students will act differently. Um, you could have someone who's an excellent teacher most of the time, but they actually feel quite anxious when they've got that, that person in the room watching them and they maybe don't perform to the best of their ability or how they would typically perform. Um, yeah, exactly. And I mean, from, and I understand the argument that school leaders need that accountability, but I think doing it in that kind of way, you still get that accountability because if someone submits a video of their best lesson and it's actually not particularly good, then that's something, um, you know, that, that the school leaders can, uh, will have that same kind of knowledge that they would get if they were going out and, and observing lessons. But I think it's much fairer on the teachers themselves. I mean, I would ask you, you know, if you were to apply for a job, would you write down a CV of your best assets and send it to a, your prospective employer? Or would you invite your prospective employer to come and observe you in your current job and see how you're getting on and then make a judgment mm. as to whether or not they were going to, you know, offer you that job? It's quite a bizarre process, lesson observation. So, um, it's, yeah, it's a snapshot as well, and, and it, it, yeah, I think it's it, it's really good that you've you've mentioned that's just how you know if somebody says that this is my best lesson, and it's spectacularly bad. That speaks volumes, you know. Yeah, it does, and and everyone's perception is very different, and it, it's a far more supportive way of 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 having that accountability because you've got to have accountability in teaching, but it's also more about um, it's also more about how you can help your your staff and your workforce to develop and it's not so much about the senior leaders saying coming in and saying look i've seen this lesson and this is what you need to work on it's actually empowering the teachers to review themselves and ask those questions for themselves and actually be metacognizant of what's what's going on with their own teaching ask themselves those questions and uh, as we know from you know teaching students chalk and talk isn't a very effective way of teaching whereas kind of getting your uh, getting your classroom to engage in more uh, student-led activities or project-based learning or uh, to be metacognizant of, of their own learning is a far more productive way of, of student learning and it's the same with with um, CPD with adults you know as you can imagine it's far more um, far more effective and efficient for for teachers to kind of take that development in their own hands find out what they need to work on for themselves work on it and then present the best outcome to to their to their manager so that they can just sit down with them watch a video together and have a bit of a coaching conversation about how they can get even better yeah i'd, I'd like to think that that coaching conversation would be more um sort of depersonalized it would be uh, it, it would help the teacher focus more on things like structure and process and pedagogy rather than you know how good i am yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just takes away that subjectivity, doesn't it? When you're when you're looking at, you know, when you're looking at um, that video footage in front of you. And I think we have a tendency as teachers to be quite self-critical. Um, and we always I think teaching attracts that kind of person who wants to do the best that they possibly can. And is quite care attracts quite caring people and um, that want to help others around them. So nice people need you know, you know that. 
yeah yeah exactly yeah so you, you know when when you're when you're kind of reviewing that video for yourself i think people will naturally kind of nitpick and try and find ways that they can improve themselves anyway um but if there are issues in there which can be quite tricky to kind of broach um through uh verbal feedback after a after a lesson observation when someone is saying something to a teacher you know perhaps about something like um behavior management and they might say something like you need to use your voice better or you need to use your the way you move around the classroom better now that's a really vague statement which actually has no bearing on um whether or not that person receiving that feedback is going to be able to, to to do what they've they've been asked to do because it's quite um it's quite subjective and it's very difficult to understand what that person might mean but if you pair that vague feedback with the objectivity of video evidence it kind of as you said it it depersonalizes the situation because rather than someone thinking oh god they don't think my voice is very good they can look at the video and see okay my voice isn't that bad but i can see these are areas where i need to improve on mm. and it, it, it kind of gives them the exact knowledge of what that person is trying to convey so the feedback is is far more effective and that way uh, we, it, yeah it's not it's, it's not like saying to a comedian be more funny than sorry i interrupted you yeah no 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 i love that dylan dylan william quote yeah exactly um yeah that 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 is exactly kind of what what can happen in in um, a typical lesson observ observation dialogue. So I think that having the power of video to go alongside of that is, is really a, a fantastic tool. Hmm. Yeah. And um, what were you going to say? I don't know. I, th I mean, I was going to say, but I, I mean, I could honestly, I could chat with you for, for, for days yeah. about this kind of, and I'm sure your listeners don't want that. So um, let's, uh, let me click on this video here and i'll show you how the how the tag sets work hmm. so obviously we've got in true blue peter style i've got a video that i've uploaded earlier so i'm going to click on that nice. yeah the listeners can google blue peter if they're young <laughs> and uh you've got the video here and i've got new tag session up here so i'm going to add a new tag session and what this tag session is is um a set of tags on the left and the right and the bottom of the screen which allow you to kind of add detail as to what you think um is going really well within the lesson and areas which you think you'd like to improve on and these tag sets have been used by teachers all over the world but everything in vo is completely customizable so if teachers wanted to create their own tag sets so as an example if you've got someone who's tasked with leading mass mastery across a school and they wanted to assess how that was going in different different settings they could create their own kind of math mastery tag set if they wanted to or same goes if they wanted to assess flip learning or something like this so i'm going to select quite a standard one here so education original vo tags and it's quite a complex tag set typically i would advise if you're going to try and roll out some kind of transformational change across a school to keep it quite simple maybe even just have one tag gotcha, um, but yeah but for the purpose of this i've got a few just to show you what the the data will look like so here i've got the video as you can see in the middle of the screen and on the left and the right i've got tags which allow me to uh, mark out specific moments in time um oh, the tags so on the bottom yeah so we've got sorry. on the left we've got teacher talk we've got questioning we've got management we've got assessment so that's nice and simple and uh, exactly the kind of thing that you would be feeding back on yeah absolutely um and then you've also got these tags along the bottom which which are a little bit a little bit different and, and have a little bit uh kind of different functionality but i'll show you these ones on the left and right to start with so if i'm playing this video as i go i'm going to add 
a tag here. So if I click on questioning, I've got a load of sub tags. So I've got open question, closed question, and eliciting. And on the left, I've got a plus symbol, which is obviously for a positive tag. And then on the right, I've got um, a, a minus symbol, which is for kind of areas of, of development. So here I'm going to add um, a, a positive open question tag. And it's worth noting here, you don't need the positives and negatives in there. That's something which we found from feedback. Um, when we were first developing this at the university, there were a lot of lecturers that didn't actually want want that in place. But actually when we went out and started using it with teachers, we found that they actually wanted the positive and negatives in there so they could have that clarity. Um, and again, I think it's it ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. You know, the Bananarama principle. And um, Our principle, I think, very wise people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think um I think as because uh teachers are often using this themselves to self-diagnose, it becomes a lot less personal when when they're assessing themselves. So actually the minus is 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 quite handy. But um like I said, you don't have to have that if you don't want to. Everything can be added or removed. So here I've got open question and I've got a timestamp on um, this tag as well, which would mean that when I'm reviewing this video, because it's now a long lesson, if I didn't want to watch the whole lesson, I just wanted to look at this specific question and see actually what have I done really well there. I can click on that tag and it will skip back to five seconds before that moment, mm. so that I can uh, I can watch that 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 moment instantly. I can uh, also add notes. So if I click on notes here and I scroll down, I'm going to say really light the way this question gauge my lower ability table hmm. good okay so that's just adding a little bit more color and a little bit more depth to that tag so you might say actually that open question what does that actually tell me it's very vague um so you have that that option to add some notes in in there as well and to, to add a little bit more detail so i'm going to just skip through this and i'm going to just add tags as i go and obviously i'm doing this quite quickly i'm not really paying attention and if you're watching this you're probably thinking well, that, that looks really interesting, but isn't this really time consuming? Am I going to have to sit through every single video that I filmed and kind of go add all these tags? And that's why I was saying, you know, in practice, if you're doing this, um, in practice, simple sometimes is better. So we're, we're working with um, lots of schools, I think about 20 schools across Kazakhstan, over 200 teachers uh, on a, a, a CPD development program with uh, British study centers. And when they are reviewing themselves, they literally just add three tags within the video and then quite a lengthy comment mm. about what's happening at different points. So it's quite simple. And the other thing I would say is we also have an iPad app which allows you to tag in real time. So it's not very helpful if you're self-assessing yourself, but if you're using this for peer assessment and you maybe have a colleague sat in the back of the room and they're, they're, they would typically be taking notes and then give you verbal feedback at the end of the lesson with their notes. Um, instead of that, they can use the iPad app, film your lesson from the back of the room, and they can actually tag this as they go in that's, real time. Uh, that's really, really important. Love that. I, I love the way that you can identify, sorry, you can, I suppose, zoom in on certain times, can't you? So, for example, you can say, here we are at 21 minutes and three seconds, you did this, and I really like that. And I think that when you, when you are being observed as a teacher, after the observation, you've forgotten everything. It, was, it just feels like a, it's been a, a whirl. You know, it's um, it, it, it's such a stressful experience. So um, it's really good that you, could, you can identify certain aspects, certain teaching episodes, if you like, or moments that you can that can be really meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know that's a really good, really good point. Is you kind of go into performance mode, don't you, when you're going into 
an observation you spend that extra time planning beforehand i know you shouldn't really you should just do it as you normally do but the reality is that you do you spend a lot more time planning those lessons that you know are going to be observed you kind of take that extra effort that extra time you go into that room and then suddenly after about two minutes you realize things aren't going to plan and mm. <laughs> cortisol starts coming out and yeah. you know at the end of that lesson you know hopefully most of the time it's, it's quite a good good lesson but you know it never goes quite the way that you you hoped it would and it's difficult to remember what what what's actually happened so mm. having this video evidence and even if you're just to film yourself and not use video and just have a video of yourself is quite handy but having having a system it gives you that extra detail that allows you to review things really carefully um, and if you're looking to improve in a specific area um, then this can be really quite effective so um, if I go back to the beginning I'm going to use have a look at these tags at the bottom so I'm going to use a football analogy because we are based in the northeast and obviously you're in in Liverpool as well so it seems quite quite um uh like it's meant to be yeah. um well, so it's it football at the moment yeah um so here we've got these uh, tags at the bottom which are a bit like possession so what i'm tracking here is the amount of time the teacher is now talking mm. so if i was to skip forward and maybe perhaps a student is uh having some input there i might skip to student uh, or self and then if you've got more group work happening you might kind of skip to that and then if you've got the whole class kind of interacts and then I might put it back on class. So this is going to develop a pie chart of data looking at the possession of time. Um, and this is quite handy because I mean, we do a lot of work in countries all over the world. And for instance, you know, some of the countries that we work in, it's quite common for teachers to spend a lot of time talking at the front of the classroom. Um, you know, and they spend too much talk time talking. Uh, and here as well, um, I'm afraid. <laughs> and what, sorry? It is here too, I'm afraid. Yes, I was very guilty of that when I was a teacher, as you can probably tell from this, uh, this demo, um, which is why I wasn't particularly good. But, you know, uh, this is one of the, the things that you can assess with, with, with VO. And then if I go back to the beginning, so this is actually my favourite thing. Um, uh, here I'm tracking the engagement of the lesson. So I'm tracking it over time. And I mean, this can be completely customizable. It doesn't have to say engagement. It could say, um, you know, it could say, uh questions or it could say um kind of behavior or, or anything that you wanted to track over time um and likewise with these possession tags you don't have to have four you could have two you could have six you could have none great so um well my final um, question because we have to wrap it up and, and let what this have a look. Um, oh sorry i think i've lost you hello oh wait, i'm back yeah oh you're back um i was going to ask you how what it what how do you measure engagement how does a video measure engagement then is it face recognition okay so so this is all manually done so this would be um kind of done by either someone who's so say you had someone sat at the back of the class and they're observing the lesson mm. and they're just kind of at different points maybe they set themselves the, the task to just at three points throughout the lesson just give their own assessment of how engaged they think the class is at that time um so it is fairly subjective it's not like an assessment rubric, it's more kind of feedback. Um, but the good thing about it is that it allows you to use that information to drive where you're looking. So if I was to submit these tags and come through to this section here, so on that engagement point here, so what that 
slider is created as this line chart. So now what I can do is I can look here and if there's been a moment in the lesson where very clearly the students were not engaged for whatever reason, maybe there was something, maybe there was an activity that wasn't particularly interesting or the, the pitching wasn't quite right. If I was to click on this point in time, it'll skip to that moment in the lesson so I can actually use the data to drive what I'm looking at. Um, likewise, if I'm looking here where the engagement was really good, maybe there's a really well-pitched lesson activity at this point, Hmm. click on that moment and I can actually see okay what was happening there and why was this so successful at that moment in time oh, I like that I like that I really do because this is one of the issues that I think all of us have with observing lessons that that difference in perception sometimes um, you know the trainee teacher can be completely unaware of what's going on um, in the student body in the classroom what this was unaware of what the students are actually doing because you focus on yourself and what you're trying to organize don't you so um, that, that can really really make it abundantly clear to them just how engaged or not the students were at a certain point and how that linked to their own pedagogy and planning and structure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and likewise, you can do the same with these tags on the side. So if I was clicking here on open question where I've added that note, it can appear on the screen so I can get that really clear mm -hmm. feedback and I can just jump to different moments in the lesson for those light bulb learning moments and seeing actually what's happening here. I can also look at strengths and weaknesses. So again, all of this can be changed, but you can see a breakdown of areas which are working really well. And interestingly, over 90% of the tags that are used through VO are positive rather than negative. Mm. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of how the system is used because it's teacher-led. Um, and then also here, we've got the focus breakdown. So I can see percentage splits of time. And as you can imagine, used over time, this can be quite a powerful tool. And just really quickly, just to go back to your initial question, right at the very beginning of this demo, you were asking me about um, whether or not a mentor in, this, in school could share something with you. So there's this button here, which is the share button. So all they would have to do is click on that button. And then if you were kind of already added as a group, so maybe if they had Liverpool John Moore's lecturers as a group, they could just click that, tick that box and share it with all of the lecturers that were involved as part of that um, PGCE program. Or they could search for your name just by typing their name in here. And just like Outlook, that person would would appear and then they could share the video with them. Wonderful. Very good. Well, really appreciate that demo. And, and uh, I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes if that's okay with you. And it, they, it just, it's just this, this website that we're looking at now. I'll put that link or send me the link that you want me to put in the show notes and people can have a walk around. And there are some nice pie charts in there, I have to say. So please, um, please do without your dinner and have pie charts instead. Um, but they are good quality. And, and I, I do think that they could uh, really initiate some meaningful conversation in terms of uh, feedback on lessons. So thank you so much, uh, Nihad. I really appreciate um, that walk around. And uh, it was hugely enjoyable. And I do think it could be very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think um, it's just putting that power of CPD in the, in the teacher's hands. And I think that you know, uh, I, I was reading an article recently by Maria Cunningham from the Teacher Development Trust and she was writing about CPD um, and there's a, some, a study that the Wellcome Trust is doing at the moment. They're talking about um, how uh, CPD is most effective, surprise, surprise, when teachers are, are focusing on areas that they actually want to focus on and yeah. they want to learn about uh, rather than having these uh, like a twilight training session on something which is completely irrelevant mm -hmm. uh, to their to their practice and i think the, the the power of this is that the video unlocks kind of areas that people want to develop on it maybe it's assessment maybe it's um maybe it's pitching 
kind of lesson activities at the right level, maybe it's behavior management, but whatever it is, the video kind of unlocks that and allows the teachers to actually understand what they want to focus on, what they want to work on it, and it gives them the power to do that. Brilliant. And of course, for example, if you are a trainee, say, or a teacher at any stage of your career and you're struggling with, say, behavior management, you can look at the lessons from other teachers, from your colleagues, maybe the ones who are the behavior management guru in your school and you can see what good practice looks like. So that idea of sharing good practice, I think, is, um, is, is it, it really, really works for CPD. And it, it's all about you and your development as opposed to a system that the management wants to impose or whatever it is. Brilliant. Well, Pete, thank you so much for your time again. Um, always a pleasure chatting with you and hopefully we can catch up again at some point in the future. Yeah, and I will be in touch soon. That was the wonderful Nihad Chalic talking to you about VO and of course everything to do with coronavirus and how he's dealing with that problem and how we are all going to deal with that problem in the edtech and education worlds. So by the time we, our next podcast comes out, I hope that things will start to look better. I'm not sure they really will, but at least we'll be trying to innovate in whichever way that we can. Looking forward to seeing you again. See you later.